Hey, podcast listeners. I recently did a reaction to a video called 78 Questions for Christians. I uploaded it on YouTube, but I thought you guys, you, you awesome audio listeners, would really be able to appreciate this. And more importantly, I felt like this would be a really good tool almost to get you guys thinking about these questions and how you guys would answer them. Because a lot of you guys who are listening to this can answer these things a lot better than I can. I hope you enjoy this, guys. Welcome to 78 Questions for Christians. My name is Gabriel. Very Christian name. Thank you. I assume these guys are going to be punching these questions out pretty fast, so I might just answer them in a kind of fast way as well. Disclaimer, these are just my personal opinions. Feel free to disagree with them. Let's get into it. Is Anne Frank burning in hell right now? I don't know who Anne Frank is. How about Mahatma Gandhi? Yeah, I think I think he probably is. Is Fred Phelps in heaven because he believed in the divinity of Jesus? I don't think so, but it's tough for me to say. Should a killer who genuinely repents be able to go to heaven? Yes. Should a kind-hearted atheist be forced to go burn in hell for all of eternity? I think so. What about any non-Christian good person? Should they be burning in hell? Uh, I think according to the Bible, yes. But... The issue with your problems here is is that you believe that there are good people and the Bible clearly teaches that everyone is evil and you're actually deceived for thinking you're a good person. And to answer your question about the guy who repents, does he get into heaven? Well, yes, because that's the premise of Christianity, which is you can't get into heaven from your own deeds. You get in through Christ's deeds. It's called grace. It's a good thing. Would you be happy in heaven if someone you loved was in hell? I would assume not. As me right now, no, I wouldn't be, but who knows what it's like in heaven. If your son or daughter were dying, and I hope that never happens, would you just pray for them or would you take them to a doctor? And if you... No, I'd do both. I'd definitely do both. And I noticed that there's this big thing where people say, oh, doctor heals person, and then God gets the credit. And I do think that's a little bit silly. You know, I believe in thinking both, thinking the human, thinking Jesus. Say you do both, which one do you think has more of an impact? Oh, well, there you go. He just, he just said that. I think that it depends. It depends. I've heard of specific things where it is just a miraculous healing. So I would go, yeah, that's just God. And then there's other people on, more, on a more of a day-to-day situation where, yeah, I'd give more of the credit to the, to the doctor. Whose prayers does God answer? And if it's ultimately God's will, what? I know that there's Bible verses here that talk about whose prayers he answers, but I don't know them well enough to be able to answer that. I think generally, though, Christians believe that if you're praying to a Christian God, he'll talk to you and he'll answer any of anybody's prayers. And if it's ultimately God's will, what happens? Why even bother praying? Well, if you read the Bible, it would actually answer all of these things for you. One of the purposes of it is it's Christian's way of just accepting what he's going to be is it's going to be. And there are instances in the Bible where prayer has moved the hand of God. I don't know how the whole whole dynamic between how God's sovereignty interacts with, you know, human prayer. Uh, I think it's a complex one that we'll never know until we die. But all we can do is act out in faith and say that, all right, there is this balance that we don't quite understand where God is sovereign, but, you know, we, all, we are also asked to pray. If you have cancer right now, what's going to help you more? Drugs 
or prayer. Let's say you... Well, I think the drugs will help me either get cured or help kind of me live longer. Uh, and the prayer will help me in my hope. The prayer will help me in my meaning. It will help me keep joy regardless of my external situation. Uh, and in certain instances, prayer can... I've seen prayer. I've actually been healed before from prayer. So I can honestly say that yeah, the prayer will help heal me as well in certain circumstances. had an amputated limb. Would prayer ever bring it back? If you I think so. I think so. I know that there's guys who like might say otherwise, say, oh, they're just going to grow something back. I know that in the Bible, Jesus raised people from the dead. And that is like the hugest deal. And Jesus himself raised from the dead. Conquered death. Come on about an amputated limb ever growing back, how come there's never a camera around when anything like that happens? Well, like, on the whole proof thing, there is tons of proof that God exists, and you guys just ignore them all. Creation itself should be enough for you to go, hold on, there's a, there's a God, and then if you want to go down any particular God, that's up to you from that point. And even regardless of that, I remember watching a comedian playing a piano. I can't remember what his name is. I'll put it in after this. He talked about how one day... In her early 60s, Sam's mum had um, gone to the doctor with a problem with her eye and he had diagnosed an irreversible um, degenerative eye disorder. And he told her that if she didn't get surgery very quickly, that she would lose her eyesight. And she went to a Pentecostal church. The entire congregation prayed at the same time for Sam's mum. And the following Tuesday, they went back to the doctor and there was no sign that there'd ever been anything wrong. And all I've ever asked for is evidence. And here I was witnessing a first person account of what can only be described as a miracle. After that, he proceeded to continue to stay firm in his atheistic beliefs. And he wrote a song uh, it was a pretty funny song about, oh, wasn't it just really convenient how God just chose to heal that person at that particular time and he didn't heal any of these other people. So my point being is that he still found a reason not to believe. How come there are no cameras around when any miracles happen? They do. They do. You just don't believe them. If you had an exam coming up, what do you think would help you earn a higher score? Prayer or studying for the test? Definitely studying for the test. The Bible is very clear on, like, you reap what you sow. If you prayed for me over YouTube right now, do you think I would know it somehow? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I might pray for you. What's your name, dude? God, I just pray for this awesome dude on the other side of the screen that you know, he just gets some answers to these questions and um, it brings him closer to you. Amen. What matters to God more? The quantity of prayers or the quality of the prayers? Uh, definitely the quality of prayers. Again, in the Bible, it talks specifically about if you're going to say a prayer, just make it short and concise. Say what you need to say and then move on. If it's the quantity that matters, how come the most popular team doesn't always win the Super Bowl? And yeah, well, it's not the quantity that matters. There you go. If it's the quality that matters, how come people we really love, people who are close to us, how come they die no matter what we say to God? Well, death is just a normal part of life. Sorry, bro. 
We can go into the origins of death, according to the Bible, if you want, which death all started with that and with that original taking of sin when sin came into us and sin came into the earth, and death was a result of that. It's just consequence of human behavior, death is. Is it possible that your prayers have no supernatural effect and only serve to make you feel better? That's a possibility. I mean, if Jesus isn't real, if I die and it turns out that, well, actually, sorry, we all know that Jesus did actually exist. But if Jesus isn't God and God isn't real and I die and there's nothing, then I think you would be right. I'd be like, oh, well, that just helped me get through life. Oh, well. Hey guys, just chiming in here. Man, I was I was really enjoying these these questions. How are you guys going with them? Are they getting that brain ticking of yours? I bet you guys are heaps pumped to keep going forward, so let's get into it. Anything in your life right now that makes you doubt God's existence? Yeah. Yeah, heaps of things. I don't even know where to start with that. If you did doubt God's existence, how would your life change? Was Well, I do doubt God's existence. I just do. But that doesn't mean I don't believe in God. Was Jesus white? No, he wasn't. He was probably looked closer to Osama bin Laden, right? Why does it seem God is more likely to help someone who's a talented athlete over a starving child overseas? Uh, well, that's not true. That's just not true, mate. That talented athlete has been given kind of like a seed of a gift and he's worked his butt off, just like the doctor we talked about before, to develop that gifting Again, when it comes to the starving person, I think God has made us his hand and his feet and it's up to us to go and give those people the food that they need. You probably notice a theme of what I'm saying here in that Christians don't believe, oh, God's just going to sort everything out and it's not up to us. Most Christians fully believe that it is up to us to do the work of God on this earth. It is up to all human beings to do that. So if we see somebody in need, we need to go and help them. Why does God seem to hate Africa? If a group... <laughs> That's a horrible thing to say. God doesn't hate Africa, but I get what you're saying. Um, there are some massive issues over there in Africa. To answer that question, just see my last question. Of people from, say, Africa came to your community with the intent to convert you to their tribal faith, would you listen to them and take them seriously? Or would you just dismiss them because they don't believe what you already believe? Um, I don't know. I'd probably listen to him. I definitely would listen to him. Does God speak to you personally? Yeah, he does. Uh, not audibly. I have heard his voice audibly once. Uh, like, I actually got told to quit a band that I was in. And that was audible. Apart from that, like, when God speaks to me, it's more of a an inner voice. You can take that how you will, but that's how he speaks to me. Oh, and he also speaks to me through dreams. Whenever I feel like there's a certain thing that God wants to tell me that is a little bit too harsh, just as if it was said in real life, uh, he tells me in a dream. God has given me some huge kicks up the butt in dreams before, and it has, it has impacted my life. I've woken up and gone, that was from God. I'm no longer going down that path. I'm choosing to do this. If God spoke to you and told you to kill your child, would you do it? No. If God told you to kill me, would you do it? No, because that goes against the teachings of the Bible. Simple. Is God always watching over you? How about... Yeah, he is. I really do believe that. When you're on the toilet, what do you... Yeah, 
I often think about that as well. I'm like, yeah, God's right, like right here. I'm on the toilet. I don't think it grosses him out. I think he's he's everywhere. So I'm okay with that. Say to Muslims who believe the Quran is the holy book, are they wrong? <laughs> Have you read the Quran? I believe that people who believe in the, that the Quran is the holy words of God are wrong. And I'm allowed to think that because guess what? They think that about me and I'm okay with that. And why do you so easily dismiss their holy book? Because it's a very different book to the Bible and yeah, I just don't subscribe to their way of life. I don't like it. I don't like the way they depict God. I don't like the way that they're very religious and forceful about the way that they see the world coming to peace. And there's many things about the Quran that I don't like. So I've read it a little bit, not much. I should probably read it more. And then why do you get upset at atheists who dismiss yours? I don't get upset at atheists who dismiss mine. Is acting on one's homosexuality a sin? Is hom On the whole sexuality thing, the Bible clearly teaches that all sex outside of a heterosexual marriage is sin. Now, that doesn't mean that if you do it, you're going to hell. It just means that sex was designed to be within a heterosexual marriage. That's what Christians believe. We all know this. And the whole premise to becoming a Christian is laying down your own desires and picking up the desires of God. So somebody who says to me, well, this is just who I am and God needs to accept that in regards to their sexuality, I'd say, well, every single Christian at a time of their life has had to put down who they are, whether it's certain elements of their sexuality, their behaviours, their mindsets, their whatevs. It's just the critical part of becoming a Christian, laying down your own desires and picking up the desires of God. Is homosexuality itself a sin? Yeah, we just covered that. You believe gays and lesbians should have the right to get legally married? I do. I actually do. So just because I believe that homosexuality is a sin does not believe that my belief should prevent them from living the way that they want to live. And to reference your question before, I think that's a fundamental difference between Christianity and Muslim countries, is the fact that Christian-founded countries have this fundamental belief that religion should be separated from state. And while there's always going to be the outspoken lady from the 80s who is trying to jam her opinion down everyone's throat, for the most part, I believe in a free country just as much as I believe in God. Would your church ever marry a gay or lesbian couple? I don't know. I'm not. You'd have to ask my pastor that. I don't think that they have to in Australia. I think that they're protected by religious laws. If not, and you believe that they should have the right to marry, why do you remain in that church? Why would... Because I don't have to agree with every single thing that my pastor believes. Like, I'm an individual. My pastor's an individual. We're all individuals. I can't live my life just kind of going, well, unless I agree on every single thing you say, I can't associate with you. Why would God create people who are gay and then punish them for being gay? Well, human beings are just wretched people. I've said this before. Like, we have all kinds of things in us, in our personality, in our preferences, in everything in us that is contrary to the attributes of God. So just honing in on the gay part, I kind of, it's not really as important as you're making it out to be. There are so many things in human beings that God doesn't like. I believe that God is more interested in forgiveness and building a relationship more than he's interested in punishing people. The Bible presents a very different God to the God that you're suggesting exists. The Bible presents a God 
that consistently pursues humans throughout history despite humans consistently turning their back on him. If God is already sending gay people who act on their homosexuality... This dude is just obsessed with gay people. ...to hell, why do so many Christians feel the need to persecute them here on Earth? I don't know where you live, man, but, like, the, the world that I live in, 50% Christian, nobody's running around persecuting homosexuals. All right, we are now up to his final series of questions. Man, like, he's given me some doozies... And this next series of questions, I think I was getting a bit tired when I was answering them, so I feel like I could have answered them, answered them a little bit better. But hey, Gabe, stop being so hard on yourself, man. You gave it a shot. But anyway, I hope this has inspired you to start thinking of your own answers around these topics. Enjoy, guys. Why is God playing hide-and-seek with all of humanity? This is what Genesis tries to explain in a way that might try and get us to understand is that something happened initially that put something over our eyes. That's what I see. It has just shut us off to being able to see God clearly. As you'll hear me say a lot, I think it comes down to a consequence of human behavior. Do you believe Jesus is coming back to earth during your lifetime? No. If you do, what do you say to all those people who have been saying the same thing for centuries and who are no longer with us? I think they're idiots. Even Jesus said himself, nobody knows when the end of the world's going to be. Why is the story of Jesus's birth and life so similar to that of mythological beings who lived before his time? And if you want to hear about those stories, we'll leave a link below. Yeah, they're not as similar as we've kind of been told. I remember like that zeitgeist film back in the day kind of presented it as if it was just a massive ripoff. I will leave a link below to a video that debunks all of the videos that you've linked below. How do you decide which sections of the Bible are literally true and which ones are just metaphorical? Well, when it comes to the New Testament, it's pretty obvious because the majority of the New Testament is just a person who is writing a letter to another group of people. Or in the case of the Gospels, it's just four different people's accounts of Jesus's life. The only one that is to not be taken literal in the New Testament is Revelations, and that actually says at the start of it that, it that it was a dream. When it comes to the Old Testament, I can sympathize with you a little bit there. I think for the most part, I choose to believe that they're literal. However, it wouldn't surprise me if they're not. When it comes to Genesis, I personally don't believe that the creation account is literal. I don't believe that the Bible is a scientific document. I believe it primarily deals with relationship and how to help people through this life of chaos. What are the minimum requirements for being a Christian? Well, that would be to repent of sin and to believe Jesus died for your sins. Falls under that definition. Fred Phelps, Pat Robertson, James Dobson, President Obama. Do you really believe? Um, I think when it comes down to all those things, uh, it's not up to us to decide who's going to hell or not and for us to really walk around pondering it. As far as Fred Phelps is concerned, if I was to throw a bit of judgment that way, which I probably shouldn't, I'd probably say that that dude's a jerk and he's totally missed the point of the Bible. Do you really believe Mary was impregnated without ever having sex? Yes. Yes, I do. If someone came up to you and said she was pregnant, but she was totally a virgin, would you believe her? Um, I don't know. 
It's good. It's an interesting point. Why did God have to rape a teenage girl in order to become human? Well, that's just ridiculous, and you know you're just having a shot right there. God did not rape a teenage girl to bring Jesus on earth. Like, I know how you could spin it to sound like that, but you're just being silly. You could go back in time to when Jesus was being crucified. Would you try to save him, or would you stand back and do nothing since your entire faith depends on him being crucified? What would Well, I would probably actually be one of the ones like crucifying him, not because of the reason you've mentioned, but because that's just what a lot of people did. Like, they kind of followed him around, they listened to him, and then they all kind of turned on him just because... There was a bit of hype around it. What would it take to change your mind about God's existence? Do you uh, I think probably aliens. Do you think it's a little strange when someone says they're going to believe in something no matter what, even when all the evidence seems to point in the other direction? Like, I see what you're saying there. You're essentially saying that Christians believe in what they believe despite all the evidence pointing otherwise. I just don't agree with you on that. I think there's heaps of evidence that backs up, number one, there being a God, and number two, that Jesus lived, died, and was resurrected. What is something your pastor has said in church that you totally disagree with? I know online there's a lot of pastors who talk about the whole prosperity gospel thing, and yeah, I totally disagree with that. Happened. Did you confront your pastor about it, or did you just let it slide? Now that I think about it, I did actually disagree with my recent pastor about speaking in tongues and some of the details around that. And yeah, we just talked about it. It's no big deal. It's just a normal guy. Why are there so many Christian denominations? The fact that there are a lot of different Christian denominations is no issue. They all practically believe the same thing, and they're not at each other's throats. And are the people who are in those different denominations bad Christians? Definitely not. Like I said, I personally have gone to multiple different denominations throughout my life. They all preach the same thing. When it comes down to it, most of the difference these days comes down to the particular style that they enjoy worship and they enjoy church. Some people like a really modern style. Some people like more of a traditional style. Neither of them are right or wrong, and you'll probably find that most Christians believe that. Are they wrong? Which no, they're not wrong. Which denomination is right? Or which group of denominations is right? Well, they're all probably wrong in their own little way. I'd probably word it like that. I'd say all the denominations don't have any of it totally right. And I think God's totally okay with that. Who or what do you think is responsible for natural disasters like earthquakes or tsunamis? Um, I just think that's nature. And if you want to get really biblical about it, I think that, again, when sin came into the earth, the earth just started going hectic. Can you pause the video right now and tell me what the Ten Commandments are? No, I can't. And if you know them, and good for you if you do, why do so many Christians believe that the first four of them belong on government property and in the classrooms? Well, in Australia, they're not. So I don't really know what you're talking about there. Would you feel comfortable saying the Pledge of Allegiance in class every day if the words were one nation under no God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all? Um, probably, no, I wouldn't feel comfortable with that. But perhaps you should give a little bit of credit to the Christian faith in regards to the fact that your country was founded on it. Like, you, have, you live in an amazing country. Go to a country th that was founded on the teachings of the Quran. I dare you, bro. You would not be allowed to make this video. 
Do you think it's just a coincidence that different religions are popular in different parts of the world? Do you believe? Uh, I don't think that's so much the case. I think a lot of the monotheistic religions like Judaism, Christianity and Islam all came out of the Middle East. And then if you go further over to the East, you've got things like Buddhism and Hinduism. And then as time's just gone on, they've all kind of gone everywhere. Do you believe that if you were born in Saudi Arabia, you would be a Muslim rather than a Christian? Who knows? That's a silly question. I can't answer that question. Is it possible that religion has less to do with what's true and more to do with the circumstances of where and when you were born? I don't think that's the case at all. I think the Bible has a lot of really fundamental truths in it. Uh, if you want to look into that, suss out Jordan Peterson's study on the Bible. It's magnificent. He kind of approaches it from a secular point of view and brings out a lot of gold out of it, a lot of the stories. He, he talks about how a lot of the stories in it hold just fundamental truths that are really valuable for our lives. Do you believe childbirth is an example of a miracle? Yes. Does that mean Hitler was once a miracle baby? Yes. And if childbirth is a miracle, how come that miracle happens thousands and thousands of times every week? Because, back to one of our initial statements, miracles happen every day, you just fail to see it. And that's it guys, I hope you enjoyed it. You can watch this whole thing on YouTube if you like, and if you have any friends that you think will enjoy this, share it to them. I love you audio listeners, see you soon.